the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Today on Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. To become a friend to the world and a friend to our culture, I have to make myself an enemy of God. And listen, when a follower of Jesus Christ conforms to the culture, he or she becomes ineffective for God. Now Daniel and his three friends, as we're going to see in this chapter... They were more concerned with honoring God than fitting in with an ungodly, immoral culture. Have you ever been tempted to give in to the worldly culture around you? Perhaps you can vividly picture a time when you did conform. As you listen to today's message from Pastor Dan, allow yourself to be challenged. If you're living in the world, you'll find it hard to live in the Word of God because you can't serve both. Daniel was a great example of someone who didn't conform to the culture around him. He understood that honoring God was more important than fitting in with an ungodly culture. Now, here's Pastor Dan in the book of Daniel chapter 1 for today's edition of Ring of Truth. God's standard for judging a nation is what does that nation do with God? Do they obey God? Do they obey his word or do they not? So this in part is a punishment for forsaking God. And God, you know, as we've seen in Ezekiel and Jeremiah and Isaiah, God warned them for many, many years that this would come if they didn't repent. He always extended repentance to them and the opportunity to repent and turn to him. But they refused to do it for decades and decades and decades. And finally, the judgment came. So it's, it's a punishment for forsaking God. It's also a setup. It's a setup. And what do I mean? Well, it's a setup because this will put Daniel in a position of influence with five different pagan kings over his lifetime. There's really no other way God could get a guy on the inside like he did with Daniel other than getting Daniel into Babylon and giving him the favor that he gave them. And so it's a setup also to get his man on the inside to infiltrate these pagan kingdoms that will rule the world and be an influence for God. So that brings us to verse three. And then the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles, so members of the royal family and the ruling class of of Judah, young men in whom there was no blemish, no physical flaw, 
but good-looking. I don't know if you've ever noticed this before, but in the Bible, God always likes to choose good-looking men and put them in ministry. So, (laughs) amen is right. And I don't even think that was my wife saying that. So physically good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, quick to understand, quick learners, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, so they can't be a big buffoon, right? They're going to be in the king's palace serving, so they've got to have you know, poise and etiquette and that kind of thing. And whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans, and the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank, and three years of training for them, so that at the end of that time they might serve before the king. Now, from among those of the sons of Judah who were selected for this were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, and Azariah. So our attention is drawn to four young men in particular. To them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Isn't it interesting that we tend to know their Babylonian names and not their Hebrew names? But here we see the tactics of the Babylonians to assimilate people into Babylonian culture. When the Babylonians conquered a nation, this is what they would do. You know, uh, the Assyrians who conquered the northern kingdom of Israel, the Assyrians were brutal, right? They would come in and they would like randomly mutilate people and cut off ears and noses and hands. They would skin people alive and use their skin as decoration in their homes. Uh, the Assyrians would put a hook in your nose and tie your hook to the hook of another person, and they would string their slaves together with a hook in the nose, or either a hook in the nose or the mouth. And that's how they would transport people back to Assyria. There's records of when the Assyrians laid siege to a city, sometimes people would just commit suicide, rather than to fall into the hands of the Assyrians. That's what the Assyrians did. This is the Babylonians. The Babylonians had a very different tactic to assimilate people. When they would conquer a nation, they would bring the conquered people back to the city of Babylon. And they would use the splendor and beauty and opulence of the city of Babylon to persuade people to assimilate into their culture. Let me just tell you a little bit about the city of Babylon. It was a spectacular city. It was the largest city in the ancient world. So we know these people from Judah, they've never seen anything like this city. It's the largest city in the ancient world. It covered more than 200 square miles. That's three times larger than Washington, D.C. These people are from Judah. The largest city they had seen was Jerusalem. The city of Jerusalem at this time was, listen, it was less than half a square mile. Babylon, 200 square miles. They've never seen anything like this city. The city was surrounded by a wall that was 60 miles long. It was over 320 feet high, more than 30 stories tall. The wall around the city was 80 feet wide. They would hold chariot races on the top of the city wall. How cool is that? Amazing. The city wall had 220 towers, 100 gates, 
made of brass. The Babylonians diverted the Euphrates River that flowed so that it would flow both around the city, forming like a moat, but also they diverted part of the Euphrates to flow through the middle of the city. So there was like this meandering river through the city. In the center of the city of Babylon, there is this terraced structure called a ziggurat, which is kind of like a pyramid. It was over 400 feet tall. And on each of the terraces, it had hanging gardens. Maybe you've heard of the hanging gardens of Babylon. It was considered one of the seven wonders of the ancient world. It had broad streets and markets with goods from all over the world. The city of Babylon was awe-inspiring. It was jaw-dropping. And again, the Jewish people from Judah never seen anything like this city. I mean, it was like walking into the Magic Kingdom at Disney World. There's music playing. You've got a barbershop quartet singing. You've got dancers performing in the street. You've got cotton candy and balloons shaped like King Nebuchadnezzar that they're handing out. It was wonderful. And that was the whole point. Because when you saw Babylon, you would say, sign me up. Who wouldn't want to be part of this culture? Who wouldn't want to live here? Who wouldn't want to assimilate? It's wonderful. It's more than you could ever dream. It's like nothing I've ever seen. And that's why the Babylonians brought their captives back to their city. We'll just take you to our city. When you see it, you're in. You don't want to be part of it. You want to be a Babylonian. In fact, when the captivity ends after 70 years in Babylon, when the captivity ends, the Jewish people have the opportunity to return back to Jerusalem. And you know what? Most of them choose to stay in Babylon. They don't want to go home. We're good. We'd rather just stay. We don't want to go back to our little less than a half a mile square city. We're happy here. We don't want to leave. And so this is one of the ways that the Babylonians seduced people into assimilating into their culture. You know, James 4 says, don't you realize that friendship with the world makes you an enemy of God? I say it again, if you want to be a friend of the world, you make yourself an enemy of God. To become a friend to the world and a friend to our culture, I have to make myself an enemy of God. And listen, when a follower of Jesus Christ conforms to the culture, he or she becomes ineffective for God. Now, Daniel and his three friends, as we're going to see in this chapter, they were more concerned with honoring God than fitting in with an ungodly, immoral culture. And I want you to note with me the tactics of the Babylonians. And this is what we're going to kind of focus on for the remainder of our time in this chapter. The tactics the Babylonians used to conform people to their culture. They're probably not going to come as a surprise to you as we go through them. The tactics the Babylonians used to conform people to their culture. First of all, they used separation and isolation. Separation and isolation. Again, in verse 3, the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of the eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel and some of the king's descendants and some of the nobles. They took the brightest and the best of the young men among the Hebrews. When it says to bring, the idea is to bring without choice or to bring by force. In other words, young men didn't have a choice. They couldn't opt out of this. They snatched these young men away from their families, away from their homes, away from their homeland, separating them from everything that was familiar to them, everything they knew, all of their support structure. 
And when you are separated from and isolated from everything that is familiar to you and from your family and from your friends, it weakens you. It weakens you emotionally. It weakens you psychologically. It weakens you spiritually. And that makes you more easily conformable to the culture. And we all have experienced separation, forced isolation over the last year, haven't we? All experienced that. And it has taken a toll emotionally and mentally. We'll return to Pastor Dan's message in just a moment. First, Pastor Dan would like to tell you about the new Calvary Chapel Ellicott City app. We recently launched an app for our church and we're really excited about it. It's designed to keep you connected to our radio ministry, Ring of Truth, as well as to our church, Calvary Chapel. And get this, we have over 1,200 sermons on the app. The app is super convenient, it's easy to use, and allows you to listen to Bible studies anytime, anywhere. So download the app right now, search for Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City in your app store, or just follow the links on our website at calvaryec.com. What a great way to stay connected to Scripture. Now, back to today's message on Ring of Truth. It's important for us not to let ourselves be isolated from the Lord or from the body of Christ, ever. We need to be rooted and grounded in Christ. We need to be in the Word of God daily, in prayer daily, with the Lord, spending time with the Lord daily. And we should also never allow ourselves to become isolated from the body of Christ. We need to be in fellowship with one another. Not just watching church online, unless that's truly your only option for health reasons. But actually assembling with other believers for corporate worship, fellowship, Bible study, and prayer. We need that. We need that. We don't want to become isolated from the body of Christ. This is why the writer of Hebrews says, and let us not neglect our meeting together as some people do, but encourage one another, especially now that the day of his return is drawing near. Don't neglect meeting together with other believers, especially now. God knows we need it. We need each other to strengthen each other. To encourage each other. To build each other up. So, so that we can go out there. And face a culture that opposes our faith. And our values. So the first tactic of the Babylonians was isolation. This is how they're going to get somebody to conform to their culture. First they're going to isolate them. The second tactic Babylon used to conform people to their culture and morals was indoctrination indoctrination. Again, verse 3, the king instructed Ashpenaz, the master of his eunuchs, to bring some of the children of Israel, some of the king's descendants, some of the nobles, young men, in whom there was no blemish, but good-looking, gifted in all wisdom, possessing knowledge, and quick to understand, who had ability to serve in the king's palace, of whom and whom they might teach the language and literature of the Chaldeans, And the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank and three years of training for them so that at the end of that time they might serve before 
the king. The best and brightest young men from Judah will be enrolled in a three-year program at Babylon State University. The full scholarship. And they will learn, it says, the language and the literature of Babylon. And that would have included astronomy and astrology, architecture, mathematics. Uh, The Babylonians were very advanced in mathematics. It would have also included the Babylonian pagan religions. And understand the purpose of this education was not just to get a liberal arts degree and then figure out what they're going to do with their lives. Right? The purpose of this education was to make these Hebrew men Babylonians. To make these Hebrew men Babylonians so that they would abandon their Hebrew mindset and adopt a Babylonian mindset and values and beliefs. The purpose was to deconstruct what they believed and reprogram them to be Babylonians. You know, there's so much indoctrination happening today in our education system. Where children are being indoctrinated into things that are anti-God, anti-Bible, and anti-biblical worldview. It used to be that happened when you got to college. Now it's happening beginning in elementary school and all the way through to college. And I want to encourage you as a parent, if you have children in the school system, to watch closely what your children are learning in school and ask their teachers for copies of the curriculum and read the books that they're reading and know what your kids are getting exposed to and ask the teachers questions about what they're teaching in the classroom to your children. Be engaged in your children's school and with your children about their education. Because there's indoctrination taking place. There's indoctrination through social media and through the news. And just the culture. There's so much indoctrination in the culture. And we have to be discerning. Be aware of these things and be wise to these things. The people want us to think a certain way that quite often is contrary to God's word. Now, that brings us again to verse 5. Look at verse 5. It says that the king appointed for them a daily provision of the king's delicacies and of the wine which he drank. So the young men in this program were appointed food from the king's delicacies and wine or the king's wine. The young men in this program lived like kings, literally. They ate the same food the king ate. They drank the same wine the king drank. Again, they're teenagers that have been snatched away from their home. They're slaves. Now they're given the opportunity to eat the king's food and drink the king's wine and and be educated in the best Babylonian schools and serve in the king's palace And again, all of this was done to seduce the young men into conforming to the culture. Remember, these teenage boys, you want to win over a teenage boy? Take them to a buffet every day for three years. And again, as I just said, they're far from home. Their parents aren't around. No one will ever know if they partake in the wine and the food. It's a 15, 16 year old. You can compromise and get away with it. Nobody's ever going to know. And then at the end of this program, these young men will have a job serving the king. Great job waiting for them. Now from among these men were the sons of Judah, were Daniel, Hananiah, Mishael, Azariah. But to them, the chief of the eunuchs gave names. He gave Daniel the name Belteshazzar, to Hananiah, Shadrach, 
to Mishael, Meshach, and to Azariah, Abednego. Another tactic Babylon used to assimilate these Hebrew boys into Babylonian culture was to alter their identity. To alter their identity. Each of these young men have very strong God-honoring names. Daniel means God is my judge. Hananiah means Yahweh is gracious. Mishael means who is like our God. Azariah means Yahweh is my help. They were each given new names that erased any connection to their past as Hebrews. And their new names honored Babylonian gods. Daniel's name was changed to Belteshazzar. Belteshazzar means Bel protects his life. Bel was a Babylonian god. Hananiah was changed to Shadrach, which means the command of Aku. Aku was a Babylonian god. Mishael was changed to Meshach, which means who is like Aku. Azariah was changed to Abednego, which means the servant of Nebo. Again, another Babylonian god. Again, this is the tactic of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar wanted Daniel and his three friends to forget Jerusalem, forget their God, forget their temple, and everything related to their Jewish history, culture, and heritage. He wanted to erase their history. Today we would say he wanted to cancel it. He wanted to cancel it. Again, we see this tactic today. But Daniel and his friends did not forget their God. In Daniel chapter 6, when we get there, But in Daniel chapter 6, almost 70 years later, we see Daniel still in Babylon and he is praying to Yahweh. In fact, as you go through the book of Daniel, you never see Daniel compromise his faith in God. Now, certainly he was human like us. He sinned. He fell short just like we do. But you never see it recorded that he ever compromised at any point in his life. His faith in God from the time he was 15 years old until he's an old man. He never caved into the Babylonian culture. He stayed faithful to God and faithful to his convictions, showing us it is possible for a believer in Jesus Christ to stay faithful to God and faithful to God's word in a culture that is against God and against God's word. It doesn't matter What age you may be, whatever age you are, if you're a teenager or you're old or somewhere in between, you can stay true to God and his word in the culture. You could say Daniel was in Babylon, but Babylon never got into Daniel, never got into him, never lost his convictions. So now that brings us to verse eight. But Daniel purposed in his heart, and you should underline that in your Bible, Daniel purposed in his heart that he would not defile himself with the portion of the king's delicacies, nor with the wine which he drank. Therefore, he requested of the chief of the eunuchs that he might not defile himself. Now, the context here, as you read through the rest of the passage, tells us that it wasn't just Daniel. It was all four of them made this decision not to defile themselves with the king's food. It says they purposed in their heart. The idea is they determined in their heart. They resolved not to compromise, not to give in to the pressure. Man, for us as Christians, we need to resolve. We need to just determine in our hearts that we're not going to give in to the pressure. And we're not going to compromise with the culture. That we're not going to hide our light under a basket. But we're going to let our light shine before men. Let me also point out here that Daniel and his three friends 
were the only ones who refused to compromise. They were the only ones who refused to compromise. Everyone else compromised. He asked me how I know, and I say, bring truer than the finest crystal. You've been listening to Ring of Truth with Pastor Dan Sexton. Pastor Dan has been teaching through the book of Daniel. Regardless of the various leaders that Daniel finds himself under, it's obvious through Daniel's accounts that God is higher and greater than any earthly king. He alone holds the dominion and power that others so often strive to attain. Daniel never lost sight of this, and it was only confirmed time and time again, as God came through in unlikely situations. If today's message has struck a chord with you, we'd like to talk with you. Please give us a call at 410-491-4592. That number again is 410-491-4592. You can also send us an email through our website, calvaryec.com. If you're not connected yet with the local church, we highly encourage you to find a church home It will help guide and support you in your growing faith. If you're ever in the Columbia, Maryland area, we'd love to have you join us at Calvary Chapel, Ellicott City. Each week, we gather together for a time of worship and Bible study, and we'd love to meet you. Visit our website at calvaryec.com to find directions and service times. Thanks so much for joining us today. Pastor Dan will have more to share from the book of Daniel next time right here on Ring of Truth. I see the signs and I recognize the hands that craft and am what I know because I know His voice and it only takes willingness and a conscious choice. You need not guess there's a ring of truth that is unmistakable and knowing that you cannot find alone and General Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.